Welcome to spoilers. We haven't really been doing any spoilers for these Mando episodes, but a uh, general spoiler for these next two episodes is Baby Yoda is in peril. Um, let's go around the room. We got kind of a, a skeleton crew, uh, but we'll start uh, Oestus to Eastus, and that means it's you, Cora. You start off. Uh, just say where you're recording from and what you thought of these last two episodes of Mando. Oh, my name's Corey. I'm recording out of Simi Valley, California, also known as Kylo Ren Memes or Corey the Intern. Well, I really like these last two episodes. I really like this series as a whole. Um, and we're going to get into why, as I'm sure, uh, probably at the end of this episode. But I enjoyed them thoroughly, but I'm very sad to see it go. Um, Disney Plus, I don't know if I'm going to be keeping it. Uh, you know, Mandalorian is kind of all I had going for me at this point. Uh, yeah, they, they've they already announced season two, but you can always cancel and resubscribe when Mando starts back up. I don't really see too much on Disney Plus to keep me subscribed either. Does, mm. Is this to believe that Corey doesn't have The Last Jedi on repeat at all times? <laughs> oh, God. I have purchased The Last Jedi. I got it the day it came out. So <laughs> you don't need <laughs> Disney Plus for that. I'm not even kidding. Uh, up next is Pap. Yep, I think I'm next. Uh, this is Pappy, recording out of Louisville, uh, Colorado, and I love these last two episodes. I thought they were so much better than Rise of the Skywalker, which we just did a pod on. And so I'll let you guys listen to that to hear my full opinions. But big fan of The Mandalorian, and like with Corey, I'm very sad to see it go. We did two full seasons of TV this year, Mikey, on spoilers. Uh, what was the other show we did? Game of Thrones, your favorite. Uh, oh, yeah. I t- already forgot about it. That's how much Ouch. I love Game of Thrones. Uh, Josh, you're next. This is Josh from Goshen. Of course, I love these last two episodes. It- it's really, in effect, one large episode that they released a week apart. But Yeah. I- I'll say, just since everyone was so positive, there's a few of the mechanics in the plot, especially in the eighth episode, that... I'm confused about, so maybe you all can straighten me out. But you know, I don't, I can't get too negative about this because it's just really strong television. And uh, due to some recent listener feedback, I'm really on my toes about being a toxic fan. (laughs) So you know what I mean, Pap? Gotta be careful what you say about Star Wars these days. You can have seven (laughs) yeses and two noes, but yet somehow the noes are the toxic part of the fandom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, one thing I learned about podcasting, always talk shit about the fans. They love that. Yeah. <laughs> Come at me, bro. That's how you get the most engagement. Yeah. It's a classic way to rile up a fan base. Uh, my name is Mikey. I'm the host tonight. Um, yeah, I, uh, like Josh said, these this uh, last two episodes are kind of parallel to the first two episodes in that it's just one shorter story arc uh, between these two episodes, but... I liked it as well. Um, I'm excited that they've already announced a season two and they're getting ready to go into pre-production on that. So it's good for Disney+. Plus. Um, I'm excited to see what they have in store and I'm ready to start talking about these episodes. So um, let's just start off with it. Uh, Mando, uh, at the beginning of Chapter 7, it's called The Reckoning. Uh, he gets a message from Grief Karga, who uh, is on... 
Navarro, I believe, and it's been overrun by ex-imperial troops led by someone called the client, which was, uh, that was Werner Herzog, I, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he kind of proposes that Mando brings the child as bait in order to kill the client and free the town from imperial rule. Uh, Pep, what is, uh, kind of the setup to this plan and what is everybody trying to get out of this situation? Yeah, so it's kind of a an assembling the crew episode, right? Like I think we talked yeah. about it on previous episodes how we each story kind of felt independent, but now we get to go back and pick up all of the cool characters that we saw along the way like uh Cooley, what's his name? How do you say his name? Cooley. Cooley. The yeah, the guy from the first episode, uh, I have spoken. He's back and he's just kind of in it for uh for this he's just kind of a good guy right he's just kind of in it for the sake of the baby is that his deal yeah and we don't see this this happens uh off screen probably a few episodes back but he ends up fixing ig11 and reprogramming it after mando blew his brains out Mm -hmm. uh, in the first episode he ends up finding ig11 and rebuilding him and he turns him into uh he calls him a nurse droid but we get like a a brief montage of ig11 kind of relearning how to be be uh, a helper robot uh kylo do you remember any of that montage uh yeah i mean he is like reprogramming him and reteaching him like some of like i don't know some of the basics he's like showing him carrying a box from one place to another and he says through like a lot of time and patience he got him to uh i don't know to his new programming which is basically he won't be a bounty hunter droid anymore which ig units are all supposed to be he's just gonna like be there to serve him in various ways which eventually becomes being a nurse for the child or baby yoda as we like to call him and um he says one important thing he says he won't he won't kill anyone but he'll protect or something like that so that's kind of set up there that he's he has the potential to be a protector he won't you know be out shooting anyone or doing bounties but yeah he'll protect them Mm -hmm. the plan uh with grief karga is to pretty much bring the baby back to town uh to hand over to werner herzog's character the client and hopefully that would be enough to get the imperial uh troops to leave this planet alone uh but mando is not down to let the baby go josh what um kind of happens when they get into town and what is Kuil's plan with these do-backs? What, what are they trying to do when they get into town? Uh, when, when Quill's trying to leave town with the child, or? Yeah, I mean, they kind of walk across like a lava field on these do-backs. Their plan is to like walk up to the town and I don't, I don't even really understand what the plan is exactly. So Grief Karga tells the Mando in his transmission that, like, look, this guy who they just called the client, uh, he's kind of, like, taken over the whole area after the ruckus that the Mandalorian caused. And he came in there and he killed all his guys. So he has, like, a ton more guys. And he, I guess, is, like, impacting the Bounty Hunters Guild. They're not able to do what they normally do. So Grief Karga says, look, I want you to come back, take this fucker out. Let's get rid of him. If we kill him... All the stormtroopers and all his muscle will basically leave because they won't be getting paid anymore. And then I'll clear your name with the Bounty Hunters Guild. We won't be sending guys after you anymore. We'll all be squared away. Several decades of 
movie watching for me, every clue would point to Carl Ruthers just talking completely out of his ass here. Like, there's <laughs> no part of me that believed what he was saying at this point. I mean, and he was full of shit, right? He, he planned to uh, to just kill him and take the child. Mm-hmm. Well, he has a couple of friends with him that their plan was to kill Mandalorian. Uh, he's got like two two hitmen walking around with him, and they kind of like walk behind uh, Mando and Gina Carano's character like the whole time. We're ready to shoot them in the back um, and steal Baby Yoda, but Carga. Uh, ends up killing those two guys and eventually he joins forces with Mando. Um, I don't know if he planned that the whole time or if he had a change of heart like in between An uneasy truce. <laughs> he seems to be just flying by the seat of his ass because he's constantly underestimating the number of stormtroopers. He's like, yeah, there's just like two or three <laughs> and there's like a whole <laughs> village of stormtroopers. Yeah. Well, he says four, which became a meme, actually, for a few days anyway. (laughs) There's only going to be four meme. But I think the reason that he switches sides, it's not super clear, like you said, but they do get attacked by some wild flying beasts at some point, and he gets uh, mortally wounded, or at least hurt pretty bad. And the thing is that Baby Yoda comes over to him, and he uses that sweet force healing on him. And I think that's kind of what, like, changes his mind i I think i don't know for sure but should we dive into that a little bit too because that's a new force power that ties in (laughs) with the rise of the skywalker and is there a world where baby yoda and ray at some point teamed up to learn a little bit of force healing yeah they're gonna heal the galaxy man (laughs) well i mean like is there is there a coaching tree that they're both did, how did they learn those powers is basically my point. Is there like a similar source that they both got it from? Or is this just a new force thing that's more common? Josh, that would require uh, a plot structure and planning uh, yeah. <laughs> throughout this entire franchise. And that's obviously not happened. There's no reason for them to have learned any of these skills from anybody. I disagree because the Mando has shown foresight. And I think the fact that they released this force healing episode the day before rise of skywalker came out is actually like a pretty good sign you think baby yoda is gonna be in movies later well yeah but (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) but we talked about on rise of skywalker too like they've i think in other parts of this episode you see jawas on other planets when in that movie it was specifically used to establish that we're on Tatooine. So I I think that they may have gotten like one thing right potentially with the force ceiling, Josh, but I don't give them much credit beyond that. I'll say this about the Jawas. Uh, I did a little bit of looking into on that. Again, I try not to go too heavy into this side of things, but um, those Jawas have a genetic difference, I guess, if you want to call it that. Their eyes are different. You know how the eyes light up for Jawas because they're like shrouded in their hoods and they mm-hmm. you can't see their faces. They have different colored eyes. I think they were red in the show and yellow in the movie. So slightly different species of Jawas maybe. I don't know. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I never would have known that. I guess I should have read the book like our fans suggested. <laughs> the extended trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like uh, we said... Uh, Grief Karga ends up getting healed by Baby Yoda because he's attacked by like 
some dragon type creature or something in the middle of the night and baby Yoda ends up healing him and he really kind of just has a change of heart and sees that this little creature is actually pretty important and giving him over to the empire would be a big mistake and he realizes that it's actually a pretty powerful creature so he switches sides uh pretty quickly and pretty easily uh he makes no second guesses about shooting his associates and then um, kind of working together with Mando to get rid of the client and uh, kind of shoo away the Imperial forces from this planet. Now, Mikey, you mentioned he switched sides and we've seen Cruel or Creel kind of switch sides to Baby Yoda. Besides him being cute, which is tons of cute creatures in the universe... Corey, do you think it's possible Yoda's doing a little bit of force manipulation with the people around him, just getting them to love him a little bit more than maybe is natural? Uh, I didn't get any vibes of that. I mean, you know, you got a innocent baby that has no family, no one to take care of him. You know, you're if you have any kind of heart in you, I think your instincts kick in and you want to protect it as opposed to hand it over to fucking Werner Herzog, who's going to do God knows what with it. And I think, didn't we see that, Josh, on like a later, like, I think we talked about this on an earlier episode where part of the reason Mando is so sympathetic to Baby Yoda is because like he was a baby who was saved. I feel like I brought that up and you poo-pooed it at the time. <laughs> I was once a Baby Yoda myself. Yeah. I think that I think that works for Mando, but Grief Karga is more than a bounty hunter. He's like the leader of bounty hunters and surely... You know, he's built a reputation on getting the job done, regardless of how cute the the target is. I'm willing to bet he's more accustomed to dealing with um, capturing grown men and women as opposed to, you know, <laughs> 50-year-old children. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, we get to the, the bar that all the bounty hunters... Uh, hang out, I believe. Uh, this is where they plan to do the swap of the child. And it ends up being a setup, I believe. Um, but not before Mando uh, offloads the baby to Kuil. Kuil tries to take the baby back to Mando's ship um, before stormtroopers try to kill him and take the baby. But he ends up not getting to the ship in time. And Josh, can you kind of, uh, this is kind of like the end of the episode of chapter seven. Uh, what, what kind of happens to Quill and then what happens to baby Yoda? You know, we don't know exactly what happens to Quill, but he's, we find him laying dead on the ground and we assume that the Jason Sudeikis, how do you say his name, Pat? Sudeikis? Yeah. Jason Sudeikis, stormtrooper who punches Yoda later, um, I, I mean, I guess they ran him down and shot him down. You know, it's that's a very Western trope. And they caught yeah. up to his slower horse, basically. And the other thing I'll say about this, then pass it back to you, Mikey, is that I think this is the first episode that didn't wrap up completely in the whole season, which seeing this one have the continuation really made me appreciate that the rest of the season was like so episodic, you know? Yeah, uh, I can't remember exactly how it ends, but I'm pretty sure it's just like we see Kuil laying on the ground, and that's 
kind of the end of the episode. I think they even show the stormtrooper on a speeder bike, like, scoop Baby Yoda up really quick. Mm -hmm. And Mando and his friends out there at um, Werner Herzog's place, they get pinned down. That that is, like, how the episode, like, ends proper. Like, they're they're pinned down by a ton of stormtroopers and grief, not grief cargo, but um, the client gets killed by Moff Gideon. Yeah, Moff Gideon shows up in a, a TIE fighter. Uh, we don't really know what his intentions are yet, but he looks like a pretty important... Um, I don't know if he's a Sith, but he looks like he could be a pretty important guy in the Imperial troops. And he's played by the guy who played Gustav Fring on Breaking Bad. I don't know his real name, um, but <laughs> that's the same guy. And he kind of just shows up and kind of look just looks imposing as he's getting out of his uh spaceship there and that's kind of pretty much the end of the episode uh before we move on to chapter eight is there anything else you guys want to say about uh the end of that episode thought the uh tie fighter landing that uh gideon comes in looked awesome it is cool it looks really cool the way it maneuvers around and mm-hmm. i couldn't help i don't want to get too highfalutin with this but i couldn't help seeing some similarities between the end of this episode and the standoff and the Lincoln County War uh, that happened in New Mexico around 1977. Um, yes. <laughs> it's portrayed famously in the the movie Young Guns. I don't yep. know if you guys are familiar with that. but oh, I've heard no. of it, yeah. I've heard <laughs> of that film. <laughs> to be holed up in a house like that with the threaten, threatening people surrounding you and wanting to burn you out. And, uh, it's a hundred against five. Repeater, a giant repeater gun. Uh, that they set up too. They got the, <laughs> pretty much the exact same situation. I just need Emilio Estevez in a briefcase, and it's basically the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing that we didn't talk about that occurs around the time they um, are traveling back to Navarro: Baby Yoda force chokes <laughs> yeah. Cara Dune. Oh yeah. Baby Yoda's so a little cool. shit yeah. in these episodes. He's like fucking with the ship, making it go everywhere, and then he force chokes her. He's out of control. Well, for some context, Mando is arm wrestling Kara, and I guess he's just kind of protective of Mando now at this point because he's been taking care of him so long. So he's choking out Kara while they're having this friendly competition. And this is kind of almost... Like, the, the second time Mando has ever seen Baby Yoda's powers at work. And uh, he kind of flips out on him and tells him, hey, knock it off. Uh, you're killing my friend here. <laughs> you don't force choke my friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's do cool, you guys though. Have any... it, isn't, oh, go ahead, Isn't Josh. that just like any young Padawan's journey from light side, light side to dark side, like... Yoda needs to be trained, and he needs to be trained at a young age so he doesn't start shooting force lightning out of his fingertips. You know what I mean? Otherwise, the younglings end up dead. Poor Agreed. Uh, do you guys have like any uh, theories on who Moff Gideon is or what his kind of intentions are? Or is he just uh, a new boss guy that shows up who's like the client's boss and... He's kind of had enough of his stuff, so he ends up killing him. And we got a new antagonist now, or do you think 
there's something else at play with him. Well, I thought it was uh, very creative of the Mandalorian to end in a lightsaber igniting. It had been almost a week uh, since I saw a Star Wars property that ended with a lightsaber igniting. <laughs> Not um, just any lightsaber. It's a dark saber. Is it it's a lightsaber? It's a dark saber. <laughs> <laughs> Pappy. So is he a Sith? So, from what I've read briefly, is that that sword was in possession of, like, the head honcho of Mandalorians, like, within a decade of this all taking place. So, due to, like, Mandalorians' past and their, like, pecking order, it's kind of like, if it was a fair fight for the for that uh, Darksaber, or whatever the heck they call it, in Moff Gideon 1, is he kind of like Mandalorian's boss at this point. Din, or should we call him Din now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't uh, like yeah. that. Din? Uh, yeah, we should mention that uh, I don't know if it's in this episode or the next episode uh, Chapter 8, but we do find out that Moff Gideon used to be the boss of the Mandalorians or something like that. He used to be Mando's boss for sure. And, or he uh, took over their planet. Corey, can you help us out here? <laughs> yeah. So they talk about something called the Great Purge, and that's where the Imperials uh, came to the Mandalorian, I don't know if it's their planet or where they were just living after their planet had already been lost, but basically most of the Mandalorians were killed by the Imperials during the Great Purge. Um, One of the reasons was for their resources, and another reason I think was just because they were kind of a threat, because they are, you know, a force to be reckoned with when they're together. So he was one of the guys that uh, was in charge of leading the assault, or at least a general or a higher up during the Great Purge. So he is known to the Mandalorians, and it's assumed that he got the dark saber during the Great Purge. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys want to get into it now, but I mean, the dark saber is something that is from uh, it's mostly from Rebels, the animated series. It's a little bit mentioned in Clone Wars as well. Essentially, it's a lightsaber that was owned by the first Mandalorian Jedi. And then it kind of had like a history of going back and forth between the Mandalorians and the Jedi after that. Even Darth Maul had it for a little while. Um, eventually, it ended up back in the Mandalorian's hands, and then the Great Purge happened, and it was presumed to be lost during the Great Purge. Now, this guy who led the assault on the Great, you know, that caused it, he has it now, so he Does probably it got it from that. an advantage over a typical lightsaber? Uh, I don't think it so in any like physical way, way. It is way cooler, yes. It's Intimidating. <laughs> but is he... Din's not in touch with the Force in any way, is he? I'm, not that they've told us. Okay. So there, there was a moment that it might have been suggested when he was training the Blurg. One of you guys talked about that. It might have been Josh, where like he like went up to it and he kind of did a little bit of an Anakin move where he calmed it down when he was, you know, learning how to ride it. I think in episode two, calm down, but, boy. Um, that could just be <laughs> him, you know, <laughs> learning to ride a horse or whatever. It, we don't know. I doubt they're going to go that route. It's possible though. At some point we better learn his exact midichlorian count. <laughs> Please. That's the only way the fans will be satisfied. If it's not 20,000, <laughs> I'm never watching this show again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's pretty much uh, chapter seven there. Uh, and a little bit of we'll eight. We'll start uh, chapter... Yeah, a little bit <laughs> of eight. Uh, it gets kind of blurry. Uh, but the kind of the most important thing that we learned with Moff Gideon is that he knows Mando's real name. 
Uh, right? We yeah, kind of learn that fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also uh, get context into Mando's flashbacks of him as a kid and the purge happening. Uh, that's kind of where we understand that the Mandalorian uh, creed is a creed and it's not a race as well uh, because there's no such thing as a Mandalorian race. Uh, they're just kind of these runaways and uh, kind of disadvantaged people that are joining together to create the Mandalorians. Uh, right, Corey? That's kind of like the idea of yeah the Mandalorian creed. I'd say that's right. You know, it, it, the, the way they set it up in this show is that they seem to be consistent of foundlings. So like orphan children, they take them in, they train them to be strong so they don't, you know die in this uh, harsh outer rim world that they live in so yeah I think that's pretty good I think the action sequence that they show in those flashbacks is really cool and the droids kind of coming in and smashing everything up but I, I don't think we really learned anything from that new in this <laughs> episode I feel like that that was, the first flashback they show in the first episode kind of contained everything we needed to know about that I felt exactly the same way. I thought that they were going to put a twist on that when they showed the full version of it. Because you're right, we got all the clues we needed from just the little clips of it when his parents put him away. And what I thought was going to happen, I thought they were going to do something where it seemed like the kid was the Mandalorian, but he was the one perpetrating the killings. I thought he was going to be like with the droids. Because remember at some point when he's with Bill Burr and them, he's saying how like, he had a past mm. that he's not exactly proud of. And yeah. uh, the Sons of Anarchy guy kind of hints at that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be the big twist. Like, he was actually killing these people. But um, it was what we expected. And, and the actual you know, and Mandalorian is a Gungan after all, like Bill Burr said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that twist didn't come to fruition either, unfortunately. Even though it didn't add a lot of new information, I did think it was cool to see stuff from the prequel trilogy though again i mean i know we've seen it before but like disney hasn't embraced that side of it at all and to see it in like live action form uh again i thought was was really cool so that's supposed to be like the clone wars or something happening or is that well the super isn't this isn't that was it like a super battle droid Corey? i don't know if it has a different name but it's like isn't that from like the clone wars yeah yeah primarily yeah I'm not sure if the timelines exactly line up, but yeah, that's where we first see him in the, the film. The battle droids as a whole are almost like a joke in the prequels because they're usually coming <laughs> up against Jedi and saying really <laughs> dumb things to the side. But like, Roger, Roger. To, yeah. <laughs> to see them in this way, like just killing innocent people, I, I think that does add some depth to the whole saga here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, George Lucas even said in like the. Phantom Menace behind the scenes, which is pretty famous now, mostly from like Plinkett's videos, but he's, he's describing them to people and saying like, yeah, these things are nothing. They just get cut down. They're basically useless. Like, okay. But yeah, it is nice to see them in a light where they are threatening and doing something. Yeah, that's a good point, Pep. Uh, we really have not seen droids for a real long time, like since those prequel movies. It's almost like they made a mistake there, uh, <laughs> making those droids kind of, uh, taking them back for so many years. And then, uh, now we finally get to see them used, uh, in a actual effective way. Uh, they're not just getting cut down left and right. They're actually 
doing their job, uh, but it's to cause kind of like a genocide throughout the uh, galaxy. So they are kind of scary. Um, it's kind of like the only action we see of them uh, is in this flashback, but uh, we should start off with the beginning of uh, Chapter 8. Um, a reprogrammed IG-11 ends up rescuing the child from those two scout troopers. He kind of has an awesome scene here. Uh, Corey, do you want to walk us through that, how he saves the baby? Well, these fucking scout troopers are just, like, punching Baby Yoda in the face multiple times. Like, what <laughs> the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> they're so hateable. <laughs> oh, man. it's Baby Yoda gets pretty abused throughout these, like, last four episodes. He's dropped multiple times, and he gets punched in a bag, like, two or three times here in this one scene. I know. Kind of hard to watch. Poor little guy, man. He's just, like, squeaking in there, and they're just punching him. They it's think it's not funny. Only, it's not a, yeah, it's not only the punches. It's the fact that he's captured and presumably going to be subjected to horrible torture until death. It's really awful. More punches to come. But he's got that he's got the charm uh every these two scout troopers are so curious to see what this baby Yoda this thing that they're carrying around looks like so they open up the bag and baby Yoda ends up taking a chunk out of this guy's finger. And then he gets punched. Punched again, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, IG-11 shows up, and he has kind of like some funny lines to say, and then he's turns into a badass and kind of blows these troopers away. Okay, so there's the like bike. three Terminator references in this episode, <laughs> and two yeah. of them happen here. It's the most Taika Waititi thing ever, too, because it's in, in Hunt for the Wilder People. Doesn't he have a bunch of, you're like Sarah Connor, but before she got fit and stuff. Like, he just <laughs> loves throwing in... <laughs> Terminator references. <laughs> Sorry, Corey, you were gonna say what they were, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's good though. It's a good tie-in. So uh, IG Eleven shows up, and the first thing that's like the Terminator is just how he takes these fucking guys out. It's like the first Terminator or Terminator Two, and he's trying to get his clothes. Like he just walks up to him and like breaks the guy's wrist, and then just like slams the other guy into the speeder. It's very Terminator esque. But he also does say. Actually, it might not be here, but it's somewhere in there that about um, Kuwil that he's been terminated. So there's two of them. Uh, yeah, and this part um, doesn't even look all that CGI. It almost looks kind of like a practical effect, almost. I don't even know what they're doing here, but it looks different than just straight-up CGI. I thought it looked cool as he's getting on the speeder bike and kind of riding away with Baby Yoda. Uh, but as that's happening... Um, Mando and Kara and Grief Karga are still trapped inside this bar and they're kind of just having like a Mexican standoff with this giant turret gun and Moff Gideon. Excuse me, New, Me- and, new Mexican standoff. Yeah, a New Mexican standoff. <laughs> right. uh, Josh, what is what is kind of like their last hope with this like grate in the back of the building that they're trying to get, well, trying to open up and it's not exactly working? Yeah, so Pat Garrett and the Murphy... Uh, I mean, um, Moff Gideon. Murphy and, boys. <laughs> and the storm, man, Pappy is hating this so much, but the stormtroopers no. wheel out this, they call it like an E-web and it is kind of like a Gatling gun, super powerful. They got it aimed right through the window and you also know that they could just like torch the place. But for some reason that I don't know, Moff wants these guys alive and Almost in something that reminds me of the sweet, sweet Ninja Turtles, um, 
Mando starts looking for a sewer system. And I, <laughs> <laughs> Secret of the ooze, you mean? <laughs> yeah. So Mando's like behind the trash cars, searching around, and he actually finds a grate, but they're not able to open it. So they're kind of just stuck. And Pappy might have believed like they're out of uh, materials to be able to open this metal crate gate. Yeah, they don't have a screwdriver or whatever they would Flat need. To, <laughs> yeah. They needed Phillips, but <laughs> ah, my other tool belt. They they got it all, but that they, they try to blast it open, uh, but it doesn't work. Doesn't they work. they have to like uh, like weld through it or whatever. They have to like cut the metal, and that's that's done by IG Eleven when he shows up. Because mm-hmm. like you said, when he pops, uh, I he pops Baby Yoda in his little like basket, and he rides into town. We get kind of a big epic gunfight, and uh, I don't know, like, IG-11, he's, like, stronger now with his new programming than he seemed to be in Episode 1, because he's just, like, really kicking ass out there. Like, it seems like he could almost take these guys out by himself. Yeah, Pap, uh, what does uh, IG-11 kind of drifts and ghost rides his speeder bike into a bunch of stormtroopers and then kind of kicks everybody's ass? What else does he do here? Well, yeah, he's just, like, sniping people as he's flying around on the speeder bike. And I guess, Josh, to your question earlier, did they not fire the big Gatlin gun uh, because they thought they still had Baby Yoda? Is that what happened? There's a chance Baby Yoda was in there or something, but the stormtroopers that were up top, like, waiting for confirmation or something, uh, I don't understand how that all plays into itself, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the arrival of IG-11 like sort of breaks the Mexican standoff and things are thrown into chaos. He He's eventually able to uh, open the grate, but not before Baby Yoda uses the force to like freeze fire like Neo freezes bullets in midair and reverse it. It was pretty cool. It was epic, yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a stormtrooper with like a flamethrower gun or something who kind of tries to clear out the room and baby yoda ends up using the force in a really epic way he's super tuckered out is, after that is that Can't. a new force ability the ability to be like a firebender type <laughs> <laughs> i think it's more just like a really strong force push. yeah if there is an avatar character it's it's baby yoda i would love that crossover when the world needed him most, he vanished. <laughs> uh, but also, at this time, Mando ends up getting pretty hurt. He, uh, I don't know if it's suggested that he gets shot in the back of the head or something, or in the back of the neck, but oh, he's... It happens pretty... outside when he gets the E-Web. Yeah, he gets shot in the back, I think, and he gets well, pretty handicapped. Him. Yeah, he's dragged back inside of the bar, which is now, like, burning down, and he says to leave, leave him. Uh, he wants to fight fight a warrior's or he wants to have a warrior's death so he's ready to fight to the end and give them a chance to escape through the grape but ig11 is not going to let that happen he does his best to heal him up and we get a pretty cool scene of um mando taking his helmet off uh what happens here josh why does he take his helmet off ig11 has to take off his helmet if he's going to save this wound that's to his brainstem, I guess. Uh, IG-11 even makes some joke about, like, your center cortex is ruined or something like that, but um, it's interesting here. He does take off his helmet because they have this realization that 
IG-11 is not a living thing, so he won't violate the Mandalorian creed, I guess. And even though he... I guess I'm just thinking out loud right now. He could videotape it and then show it to another human, I guess. <laughs> videotape it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> IG-11 is just eyes. like, ignore that camera over there <laughs> filming. <laughs> he always has a GoPro on. But <laughs> he takes off his helmet and sprays back to spray into Mandalorian's kind of like ear hole area. And Pappy, you might remember Bacta from Luke being in the Bacta tank way back in Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah, way back from the Bacta tanks there and in Star Wars Battlefront, you gotta find the little Bacta juices <laughs> on the yeah. field. And it's, drink it's very them. common it's a, like a heal common up. healing item in Star Wars games, like a back to pack or like yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. it's often said. It's and I, didn't, I never really understood the mechanics of it, but like apparently it, it cures his uh, limp, and he's like feeling pretty good. In about fifteen minutes, he's at full strength he's again. Walking, he's running around. What yeah. did you guys think of the face reveal? Looked like Pedro. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they didn't like <laughs> do anything Viper. weird with his face or anything. It's just his face. It's just nothing crazy. Well, even further, still got a mustache. Further to that point. Why? Uh, it doesn't really push anything along to show his face. It's kind of non-consequential, I guess. I did predict that though. Two episodes. Do you guys remember when I said they're gonna show his face at the end, and they did? But, <laughs> but it doesn't matter that he like he that didn't. Was awesome. Like there's no consequences, right? Because it was a droid, and they found the loophole. But this is Mando's. Uh way of getting over his fear of droids is him taking off his helmet in front of one I guess I don't know because he's had a grudge against specifically this droid for the whole season as well he says that a couple times throughout the yeah this I mean, episode and it's the all episodes. droids but this one because you know the very first episode more so than others probably mm-hmm. yeah I think that's a really deep thought actually Mikey I appreciate that well that's why I'm here um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so it'll be interesting to see if like he teams up with a a new droid next season or something or he builds his own droid or something because it seems like he's now over that uh fear of all of these battle droids or at least droids working against him i guess but he really had a thing against them for the longest time and now that one saved him he seems to be over it uh but after they go down into the grade after he gets healed up uh, they're really just trying to find their way around. Uh, they're pretty much lost down in these sewers, and they end up running into the armor, uh, the Mando armor, and she kind of hooks up Mando with, finally with his Siget. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> what's a Siget? <laughs> uh, it's a little Siget. logo on your arm. <laughs> and what does he get? Uh, he gets the he gets- Mudhorn, so... He is now a clan of two. It's him and Baby Yoda against the world, man. Um, so in the uh, third or second episode, I think it's the third one, actually, uh, she's going to give him a siget for the Mudhorn kill, but he doesn't get it because it was not an honorable kill. He didn't do it by himself. And this kind of harkens back to that because he does get it because now um, Baby Yoda is essentially his foundling to look after. Uh, the armor explains that you're to be this person's father and gives him a quest, uh, which is probably going to be uh, what season two is about. She said you got to like, reunite it with 
um, its own people. And she, you know, kind of gives a little bit of history on the Jedi, because these people don't seem to be aware of what the Jedi are, and that, you know, they used to be enemies of the Mandalorians, and this baby is believed to be a part of the Jedi. Feels like they're kind Mm -hmm. of using the word Jedi wrong. And I don't mean that in a bad way, almost like in the vague sense of any force user is like a Jedi or something. Absolutely. And I kind of appreciate that. You would, right? I mean, I feel like these misinformed people would do that. But also as far as like this whole season goes and what, what we have seen on screen from the Mandalorian, I'm not sure if the Mudhorn victory is really scratching the top 10. Like, why is that his (laughs) thing? He's done a lot of cool stuff. You think you should have Bill Burr's face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a siget. Yeah. <laughs> a bald redhead? That'd be Old so Billy awesome. Billy Ginger siget. <laughs> so do Does you think... The, the, so, sorry, ahead, you touched on something there. Like, Do you think that... Are we headed to actually finding the origins of the Yoda species? Like, Is that kind of going to be like the conceit of the rest of the show going forward? I, I don't know if that's something that they're ready to reveal uh, or to go into. Like it, that's like kind of the one thing that they've kept a mystery in star Wars canon, like forever. Yeah. I don't know if they'll do that, but I think we will see Jedi or former Jedi, maybe even a little bit of Obi-Wan in the next season. (gasps) It has been suggested that, um, Mm. uh, Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. No, this is after the Obi-Wan series. Someone was saying that they were going to tie this into the Obi-Wan series, but I forgot this is after actually. So they can't do that. Is there any chance, uh, like, Adam Driver or Ray- Daisy Ridley could show up? Uh, what's Maybe the Kelly timeline? Marie Tan could no, show up. No, I guess up. they'd be, like, babies, right? Babies. <laughs> <laughs> they could tie it into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're babies. <laughs> I was uh, just waiting for the armor to make Baby Yoda armor. Just pop a, a big-eared helmet on his head and pat him on the butt and get him on his way to his other Yoda friends. Yeah. But I think that would be pretty wild to uh, kind of find a planet full of other Yodas. I don't know how they would pull that off without it coming off as kind of goofy or like a planet of full of Muppets, I guess, is kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> Muppet I babies. think the whole conceit's probably wrong. Like, We've established that Yoda's of a species that ages differently and it just is different. Um, this could be some sort of species that has like a reincarnation ability. Like, are they asexual? Do they lay eggs? Honestly, do they, do yeah. the eggs hatch like a million years <laughs> later? Uh, who knows? That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They might go that route. Trying to picture Yoda from the original trilogy, like, pooping out an egg but it's not coming out like easily (laughs) yeah i'm just yeah i'm just picturing them like growing off of a very old ancient tree or something and just falling to the ground like an acorn oh that's so dope they start out as like a nut (laughs) we all do oh geez well it seems like moff gideon is like either interested in all yodas or like this specific one because doesn't he say something like it means more to me than you'll ever know or, yeah or something like that so is this like danny trying to find dragon's eggs and find baby dragons and use them 
as a weapon. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, the armor also gives Mando his, he finally gets a jetpack. Um, but he's not exactly up to date on his training. Um, so he doesn't use it for a while until like the very end of this episode. But after that, uh, they try to, they're still making their way through the, uh, subway tunnels of this planet and, they end up finding a ferry on a lava stream. Pap, what happens here in this scene? And what kind of happens to IG-11 as well? So they do some sort of like scanning technology, right? Mando does. And well, first of all, shout out to the droid whose one function it is to like push the raft down the <laughs> lava stream. With like a big old school <laughs> stick. It seems like that like motor unit with arms. I mean, sometimes it feels like they're making things more complicated than they need to be. <laughs> but either just, way, the guy on the river sticks just pushing the ferry along. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like some some uh, Greek thing across the river in Hades or whatever. But like he, they do a scan, and there's some like ambush waiting for them with a bunch of stormtroopers. And IG Eleven does the calculations that it's basically they're gonna die and he's going to be captured and that objective overrides even the objective to protect baby yoda so like a champ ig11 voiced by taika watiti uh walks out in the middle of the the lava river to where all the stormtroopers are and then commits uh kamikaze and blows up and and kills them all and that's kind of like actually now that i think about it a two-part terminator reference in that the first (laughs) being that the self-sacrifice to the lava, much like T2, right? When Arnold goes down into the molten pit. Gives um, a thumbs up. Yeah, IG-11 goes out with a thumbs up, too. And um, <laughs> also the bomb in the chest is like a Terminator 3 thing, which is, I mean, also a Terminator Dark Fate thing. But it first came out in Terminator 3 where, like, okay, well, I have this, like, thing in my chest that'll blow the fuck up. Anyway. Yeah, those I are think, my Terminator references. I think that's true, and also just planting and payoff here. That was one of the big points of humor in the episode one that IG Eleven is continually threatening suicide, basically, and Mando has to talk him out of it, and so that ends up being kind of what saves him. Uh, Pappy, did you find any problem with uh, stormtroopers maybe not opening fire immediately on him as he exits the cave? Though it's kind of weird. Uh, you know, not really. And it's kind of one of those things where you you wonder what direction they're going to go with it. And even from that, like, opening first scene that they show that, like, the stormtroopers suck at aiming. Like, they like one guy uh-huh. on the speeder bike can't even hit a can, like, a few feet away. He gets really pissed about it. But, like, it, it feels like they're just not the brightest soldiers uh, to begin with. Easily outsmarted. So it works for me on that sense. So you just have to be, like, barely above average human being to become, like, the moth of a big group of stormtroopers <laughs> like this? <laughs> what is a moth? I don't even know what that even means. <laughs> they're, like, little, um, they, like, fly around and they go to light bulbs. Like, they're attracted oh, to light. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. They, <laughs> they were very popular in the meme community for a while. And if you, they have these moth balls, they should have just had a bunch of those to keep them away. It <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> would have been totally fine. <laughs> no, like a moth is like, um, know, it's like, like generals, like, uh, there's M- Grand Moth Tarkin in the original mm-hmm. Star Wars A New Hope. Um, it's just like a, I think a 
a word they use for like a some kind of general. I don't think we touched on that too. The way he goes out, I really appreciated because uh, the group didn't like outsmart him or get away. Mandalorian just had to do like some sweet stunts, and it was really cool seeing him <laughs> jetpack up there and attach onto his ship and like climb and try to like put the charges on there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a pretty cool move. Um, again, it's a uh, the the CGR, the visual effects. I mean, they look insane for a TV show, and we get to see inside of Moff Gideon's Tie Fighter. It looks awesome, um, and he's really kind of very angry when uh, he gets outsmarted by Mando here, and his ship is taken down, and then. Um, of course, Mando doesn't go and double tap Moff Gideon after he crashes his <laughs> TIE Fighter. Number two. So he's alive and well. He's alive and well. And uh, that's kind of uh, just the setup to season two as uh, Moff Gideon exits his TIE Fighter and kind of shows off that Darksaber, uh, which is like a super awesome teaser for next season. I thought, yeah, at least there's a lot of references here. I see Qui Gon Jin using his lightsaber to like get through the bay doors in Phantom Menace. (laughs) Uh, I see like Ray handing the lightsaber to Luke at the end of Force Awakens too. Here, kind of the way he's framed on the top of that um, fighter, and they kind of pan away from him. He's pretty looming. I think they did a good job at making like a single TIE fighter seem threatening to a group. Because mm-hmm. normally they're just kind of like fodder in space. And yeah, they might take down like an unnamed mm-hmm. rebel fighter. But it actually seemed like, okay, this is pretty like scary. A, tie, a guy in a TIE fighter is going to fuck us up. It's kind of like what they did with the ATST in a few episodes earlier. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, except this one didn't have red eyes. <laughs> yeah. I think the reduced stakes of, like, the whole season as a whole, like, the whole arc, um, just everything scaled way back. I mean, we just watched Rise of the Skywalker. There was literally a thousand Imperial starship fleet or in the starship a thousand fleet or death whatever stars. with all planet. <laughs> yeah, a thousand Death Stars. And now we're reduced to one single TIE fighter. Uh, it's kind of awesome to see that, like, disparity. It's so much more interesting when it's just like this one tie fighter because it's like the only thing you have to focus on that's where all the action is Uh, at least to me it's more interesting that way instead of a thousand things flying around before mando takes it out grief karga is like he's like panicking and he's telling baby yoda do the magic hand thing it's pretty funny (laughs) (laughs) that's no moon it's a thousand Imperial Death Stars. <laughs> um, do you guys have anything else? Uh, there's really just Karga and... Um, Cara Dune? Dune, yeah, Cara Dune stay behind. And I don't know if it's implied that Cara is going to turn into a bounty hunter, but uh, Karga really wants that to happen because she's a really good fighter and she saved him a couple times these last two episodes, so... It's kind of like uh, the beginning of hopefully all these characters come back. I'm sure they will uh, and be a little more friendly next season. It was kind of everybody getting together this season under uncertain circumstances surrounding this child. uh, And then they all kind of band together when they realize that love is the real 
<laughs> is the real friendship <laughs> yes, we made along is. the way. As Carl Weathers some lessons. As Carl Weathers walks with Kara back to town, I was thinking, like, are you crazy? Like, yeah, they killed these stormtroopers, but more are gonna come. But then I remembered, Corey, this is after the fall of the Empire, so there's not just like infinite resupplies for all these stormtroopers, right? That's pretty much it. I mean, that's all they had there. He might have more people following him or might be able to hire more people. I think that's why these stormtroopers are following these guys. Like, they're just a, he's just a guy that like hired some, uh, you know, fallen troopers that used to work for the Empire or maybe even just random people and had him put these trooper outfits on. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. He'll, he'll get know. some they, more muscle for sure. I know they suck, but they don't seem that ragtag. They still had executions for not following orders and stuff. Like they're still in battalions to some extent. I feel mm. like there's yeah. some organizational structure here. Are we supposed to assume that Moff Gideon is like the guy in charge of the Empire at this point right now? Or is there a guy that we have not seen? Palpatine. Kind of running. The- yeah. Yeah. Uh, bro. Oh, oh, well, yeah, that would <laughs> I get the sense that he's kind of more like a rogue general, right? Like he's just kind of, maybe these guys did report to him, but after the fall of the Empire, now he's just out here doing his own thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. I had, a, I had a question for you guys, a little bit off topic, but like this came out in a weekly fashion. Whereas, like, Netflix's premiere show, Stranger Things, was, like, an all-in-one dump. And I feel like this was uh, way more talked about and grabbed more of this pop culture, like, headlight for a longer time, I guess. Like, Josh, what do you prefer? The all-in-one dump or sort of the the weekly releases like Game of Thrones or, or Mando? That's interesting in a meta conversation for us because we're trying right now to figure out when we're going to release our Lord of the Rings Fellowship episodes. So it's like, do the fans want it as a whole dump? Or do you want it teased out? And I think for instant gratification as a fan, like, yeah, you want it all at one time, but to really capture the imagination and let people kind of build up theories and gain some hype around each individual episode instead of just one lump season, I think we really saw some benefits. That's a really good point, Pappy. I think it's only helped this show uh, too as well. I mean, like there's been some pretty harsh backlash for Skywalker and every week this show is just absolutely crushing it on social media. There's memes every single week <laughs> uh, just because nobody's binge watching it all in the first day. They, they they've spread out content. So there's just new stuff to the see contrarians are starting to show up though. So we'll, we, you will start seeing that. <laughs> Contreras, the letterbox keyboard warriors. Yeah. The shitheads are arriving and bashing it. I've been seeing it here and there. Uh, yeah, that's the way it goes for anything, I guess. We've already talked about in our group thread, that's Russian trolls, we're pretty sure. So, <laughs> Yeah, they're Russian. <laughs> Fucking Russians. It's uh, it's uh, an entire fleet of Russian bots, and then it's me and yeah. Pap uh, that are leading the charge on hate for Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any other things you want to say or uh, theories or anything, uh, but that's the end of season one of Mando. Um, you guys got anything else? 
I think everyone already knows, but I'm just so happy with this episode that it got me some really meaty young gun references and like that really meant a lot <laughs> deep down. Same here, man. Thanks. Fist bump. <laughs> no. Well, I'm excited to see those Young Guns Baby Yoda reference memes on your uh, Instagram <laughs> there, Kylo Ren <laughs> memes. But um, as far as uh, next season goes, I'm really excited to see what they have in store. Um, we've already had some pretty big payoffs this season already, and... I'm just ready to really see Baby Yoda's full power next season. Uh, was what levels of uh, cuteness he can really achieve next season? Maybe he goes through a little growth spurt. Maybe he gets a little mustache, uh, a little Fu Manchu. I don't know. Maybe he kind of figures out his sexuality. Just kind of grows up. Kind of uh, smokes his first cigarette. Kind of figures himself out. His earbuds all the time. He's super yeah. moody and just pissed off. <laughs> Grows his hair. You guys out. think? Uh, I thought he might say a word in this first season. Maybe they're still holding off on his speech for later. If his first word isn't "dad," then what's the point? <laughs> Mando, Din. <laughs> his first words are, "It's like poetry. It rhymes." <laughs> no, he has to poetry. Say. It is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, if that's all you guys have to say, we'll toss it over to Spoiler Man now. And Spoiler Man, why don't you take it away? Can do yes or no? Oh, I, yeah, I guess we can for the whole season. And uh, Well, we'll do these two episodes, and then I guess we kind of already know for the full season. Kyla, why don't you start? Okay, well, <laughs> just like every other episode of The Mandalorian, I'm going to give both of these episodes a yes. Uh, I, I didn't love the ending as far as... Um, my expectations were there was going to be some kind of twist, but it did satisfy me, like, overall. I'm not saying, like, I that took a lot away from me, but I did think there was going to be a twist in there, so it's not as hard a yes as I would have given it otherwise, but I did like it a lot. I like the world building in this show as far as, like, the small-scale stuff. Like, we get to know these, like, small-time characters that aren't um, big influences in the galaxy. They're just kind of doing their own thing. This guy's got an abandoned kid, and he's uh, off trying to protect it. It's it's very nice to see. Um, it's a good-looking show. I really love it. It's a yes for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll give both of these episodes uh, a hard yes and a yes for the series overall. Uh, part of me wasn't really pumped when I saw the lightsaber light up at the end, uh, but hearing Corey kind of explain more of its origins, I think it's actually going to be a cool direction uh, for the show and excited to see that. But yeah, I only gave one episode of the whole series a no, and even that was just like a soft no. Um, it's it's really, really good solid TV, and I, and I felt like especially watching this like episode 8, like the last episode that is like, yeah, this is the Star Wars content I've been waiting for, and for me it's probably like the best Star Wars thing since Empire. So, uh, in that sense, it's a definite hard yes for me. Josh? I think it's, well, first of all, it's a yes for both episodes and the season. Can't wait to see where it goes. Kind of devastated. We have to wait till next fall to see more, but we'll survive. And I'm sure, um, it, there'll be more Star Wars things between then and now as well. But yeah, I, 
my only thing that I'd like to re-say is that I just think the writing really shone throughout this. And it looks good, and the Mando's tough, and the acting is solid, and Baby Yoda is so cute. But the fact that they were really able to bookend this in a like satisfactory way, and like the droid arc kind of came to conclusion, and you know like the way they parsed out information as the series went along, I just thought it was really well done. Uh, Takawakiti with the last episode is just like kind of a cool bow on the top of the whole thing, so huge yes. Yeah, um, both episodes, I'll give a yes. I liked uh, Chapter 8 a little more than Chapter 7, um, but like I said throughout this whole season, this show looks amazing. Um, the budget is insane for it, and it shows in every episode. Um, and the writing is great. And like Pep said, I think this is kind of the best Star Wars content we have right now, or at least that's coming out. I think it's really good storytelling, and it's exciting uh, to have these like smaller, lower stakes stories being told. Um, that still have like a pretty big effect on the universe as a whole, but uh, just not nearly the crazy, over the top. Um, kind of consequences that like Jedi are bringing into the Star Wars universe but uh, yeah I'm excited to see where next season goes and man I can't wait for Mando to kill Moff Gideon and take that Darksaber I cannot wait to see what he does with that thing dang <laughs> well now that Corey said it's a Mandalorian artifact it's like well he already got the signet. He got the jetpack. Oh. He got the awesome armor. Now he's got to get that saber, man. He's oh, I like get where you're going saber. with that. Isn't there a line or something that Werner so, Herzog says in the first episode that's like, it's nice to see this back in the hands of where it belongs, or the natural order is restored, or something like that. Yeah, the like best that. car. Yeah, so uh, maybe that's kind of part of what this whole arc is. This whole series will be him gathering what's rightfully the mandalorians even though he's himself adopted yep i'm excited uh we got a year to wait (laughs) um but i mean kylo or uh cory do you know what the next star wars show show coming out is or is that still pretty much under wraps this is confirmed for season two that's going to be released around fall of 2020 of next year so i think this might be it But, you know, maybe there's something that I don't know about in the works as well. Yeah, it seems interesting the way they kind of... The the contents calendar that they've kind of set up. um, I really hope it doesn't uh, end up biting them in the ass. uh, Because for me personally, I don't see too much stuff on Disney Plus that makes me want to keep it around until... Mando I know, it's like up, I watched a few but... seasons of Boy Meets World and now I'm like over it. I'm like, alright. We're not having any <laughs> Obi-Wan uh, in between then and now? I thought they'd already started shooting and such. I know that it's supposed to be coming. I, I didn't know that it was going to be before this. If so, that would be awesome. Well, I'm just thinking that I don't think they've started shooting for season two of Mando, have they? Now, probably not. So if they're already shooting for Obi-Wan, maybe that bodes well for a release date, but I, I have no idea. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, that was our Mando 
season walkthrough. Uh, we've gone through every episode. If you guys want to listen to those again, you can find them on the podcast feed. Uh, spoiler Man, why don't you take us out? Take it away, Spoiler Man. man. Spoiler Man. Spoilers and Man. Palpatine. Palpatine. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. <laughs>